We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world, with all its power and might, steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. The topic for today is a grab bag of news. And my responses to various different stories that are taking place right now, ranging from the Colorado Springs shootings to the rising dissent concerning Donald Trump and his announcement for the presidency, and even Disney's sudden and surprising announcement that it's changing CEOs. All of these have a common theme, I'm going to argue. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. As I said in the introduction, today's topic is basically a grab bag. I'm going to respond to various different stories that are taking place at present in the news. We have the Colorado Springs shooting. We have the rising dissent within the Republican Party concerning Donald Trump, and then the adverse reaction to that dissent. Uh, Some are saying there's going to be a civil war within the GOP. Is that true? And is that war good or is it bad? Also, we have the announcement that uh, Disney is changing its chief executive officer, that their stock is down 40% at present this year. That's stunning. Why? And then we have a variety of other stories taking place right now. We have criticism of any congressman or congresswoman who is expressing that they will offer their prayers and support to the families of those that have been slain in the Colorado Springs shooting. Well, if those congressmen or women are conservatives, they're being told to shut up and sit down because prayers and concerns are not enough. They're hypocritical, says the left. That these conservatives are responsible in some part for these shootings because of their conservative views and values with regard to sexuality, sexual behavior, sexual identity. This this swelling of finger-pointing, that it's your fault. It's your fault. You're responsible if you have conservative views. If you spoke out against drag queen story hours in our public libraries or school libraries, you're responsible for the shootings in Colorado Springs. If you have any concern whatsoever over Donald Trump's behavior, then you're responsible for splitting the Republican Party. No dissent is allowed. No contrary views are permitted. Even Bill Maher recently made news by suggesting that the Academy, the Ivory Tower, is greatly responsible for this dysfunction right now when it comes to the left. Now, I don't agree with Bill Maher's conclusion that the right is more guilty of this nonsense than the left, but I do agree with Bill Maher when he says that we have a problem. The problem is called groupthink. We're not thinking rationally. We aren't open to a good exchange of ideas, a good debate. And I think the solution here is obvious. We go back to the words that are etched in so many library entrances across the world, not just in the United States, but in Europe as well. And those words are the words of Christ. You shall know the truth. The truth shall set you free. There's a reason that those words are so endearing to the academy, to the intellectual, 
the cognitive pursuit that the university represents. University, univeritas, the unity of truth. The truth will set us free. We've lost that in our culture. Essentially, it's the subtitle to my national bestseller, Not a Daycare. What's the subtitle? The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth. We are suffering those consequences, and indeed they are devastating in our culture right now. Disney, which just a year ago had over a 70% approval rating when it polled parents and asked them, do you trust Disney with your children? Basically, 77%, if I remember my number correctly, I could be off a point or two there, but generally speaking, I'm spot on. I know it was over 70%. I think it was 77% of the people polled said, yeah, they trusted Disney. They held it in high regard when it came to their children. That number is down to 30% now. So a 40% drop in 12 months. Why? Why? It's the devastating consequences of abandoning truth. Why is there such a riff in the Republican Party right now just over the issue of Donald Trump and whether or not he should be challenged in the primary? Whether or not Ron DeSantis or Tim Scott or Nikki Haley or anybody else that you want to throw into the mix, Pompeo, uh, Pence, whoever, why is there such a riff right now and an attempt to just say, shame on you, we don't want that to happen, we need to unify around one person? Why? Why should we not welcome a good argument, a good debate, a competitive primary? And why is there this knee-jerk reaction to blame Conservative congressmen and congresswomen who believe in traditional sexuality, that marriage should be between a man and a woman, and that our children should not be taught this garbage in our schools, especially our youngest children. Why why are those conservatives, or people like you and me who tend to agree with those conservatives, why are we being blamed for the shootings in Colorado? Is there any logical connection whatsoever between your conservative view regarding marriage or my conservative view regarding LGBTQIA behavior versus identity, that these are behavioral adjectives, not nouns. As Gore Vidal said, there's no more such thing as a homosexual person than a heterosexual person. These are behavioral adjectives, close quote. There's a common thread in all of these stories, and that is when you abandon truth, that you suffer the devastating consequences of abandoning that truth and power rather than principles becomes the ultimate measuring rod of what's acceptable in, in, in the public square. What we can say and what we cannot say. What we can believe and what we cannot believe. They're actually trying to control our values. If you have a value, if you value male and female distinctions, the binary distinction in humanity that everybody's agreed on up until five seconds ago in the course of human history, if you hold to that millennia old view, that obvious distinction, that scientific reality of the difference between a male and a female, that you should be shamed and shunned and blamed? You should be blamed when some idiot picks up a gun and shoots people in a nightclub? Seriously, there's no logical connection here whatsoever. And if 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 you want to argue there is, that disagreement breeds this violence, then your disagreement with me should be blamed on any violence that comes about as the result of your disagreement. You get my point? You can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't say your view causes this violence. You disagreed with me, therefore you're guilty 
of pulling the trigger, essentially, metaphorically, symbolically, symbolically, you pulled the trigger because of your views. You disagreed with me. Well, your disagreement with me, therefore, is to blame and is at fault if there's any violence perpetuated against somebody in my camp. This is a very dangerous place for us to go. So I'm going to talk about these stories a little bit further. We're going to talk about some facts, and then we're just going to wrap a bow around the daily news and take comfort in the fact that when we return to True North, truth with a capital T, when we return to the objectivity of pursuing truth rather than making it up as we go, we can take solace in the fact that that's when we enjoy more freedom rather than less, more liberty rather than more laws. It's the paradox of discipline and freedom that I've talk, talked about a thousand times over. And the daily news just shines a light on the fact that we will never be free if we tear down the objective fences of self-evident truths that are endowed to us by our Creator. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion, and I will be right back in a couple minutes. In 1978, George and Kate Tedford set out to protect Oklahoma businesses better. Today, their son and our CEO, Mark Tedford, is excited to carry on his family's legacy. Professional liability, compliance, property, workers' comp, health and life. Tedford Insurance's dedicated team gives you access to the nation's largest insurance providers, negotiates the best rates, and protects their own legacy like no one else. Call 918-299-2345 or tedfordinsurance.com. The Patriot Auto Group, locally owned and operated. The Patriot family of dealerships takes great pride in supporting the communities we serve throughout the great state of Oklahoma. The Patriot Auto Group's charitable work has been recognized throughout Oklahoma. Whether it's visiting one of our local dealerships or simply shopping and buying online with our doorstep delivery, the Patriot Auto Group takes the stress out of buying a new or used vehicle. And every purchase comes with our exclusive peace of mind, Patriot Pledge. You get engines for life, plus one year maintenance and 10 full years of roadside assistance, plus so much more. Sure, we can sell you a car, but supporting our community and lending a hand to our neighbors in need? Sold. The Patriot Auto Group, proud Oklahomans in the communities we serve. Okay, welcome back to the Rebellion. So the first story out of the grab bag that I want to talk right now is Congresswoman Lauren Boebert and her response to the Colorado Springs shootings. Now, this is an example of a catch-22, damned if you do and damned if you don't. Because if she had said nothing, she would have been ridiculed because of her conservative stance on sexuality. She would have been ridiculed and accused of being uncaring, unthoughtful, disengaged. So if she would have done nothing, that would have been the accusation guaranteed. And you've got to agree with that. I can't imagine that you would argue with me if the congressman for Colorado would have remained or one of the congresswomen for Colorado would have remained quiet, silent, completely oblivious to the fact that this, uh, these murders just took place at a nightclub in Colorado Springs. I think she was obligated to say something. 
And what she said was very innocuous, quite frankly. She said she was offering her prayers and concerns, her thoughts and prayers. Uh, that's become the standard response. And I'm not critical of that. It doesn't really mean much because in our culture today, a pluralistic culture, you might ask the question, who are you praying to and can you explain our, your thoughts to us? But in the case of these tragedies, to say, you have my prayers, certainly shouldn't be perceived or portrayed as some nefarious or evil or uh, unwelcome thing. But that's not the case anymore, as you know. Immediately, um, Kristen uh, Buttigieg, uh, <laughs> Mayor Buttigieg's uh, partner, whatever you want to call it, uh, said that Bobert had no right to even speak on the issue, that she was essentially at fault and she needed to change rather than offer thoughts and prayers. Okay, So there was, there was this very um, defensive, and I would say ugly response from Buttigieg. Then we have um, AOC. She said in her tweet, you don't get to thoughts and prayers your way out of this one. You need to change. So there's this reaction from the left, blaming Boebert, essentially. That's the implicit message here. You caused this. Your homophobia caused this. Your hatred caused this. In fact, some of the tweets in response to Boebert actually do use the word hate. It's your hate, your venom. Your ideas are responsible for these shootings. Now, here's the thing. Yes, Bobert can be um, controversial in the way she tackles the culture war. She's very aggressive. Some of the things she has said I agree with, and some of the things that she's posted I think, ah, you didn't need to go there. I'm very, very pro-Second Amendment, for example, and I am glad that we have people like Bobert that are defending that. But really, are you going to put a Christmas card together where you're all carrying AR-15s? Is that necessary? Is, is Are you just poking the bear when you do that? Now, some of you may say, hey, uh, I, I love that Christmas card. Great, great. You have the right <laughs> to, to smile and laugh and say, that was pretty good. Or you have the right to say, I agree with the Second Amendment, and I agree with all of her defense. And thank, I'm thankful for her defending the Second Amendment, but I wouldn't have put that Christmas card out. In a civil society... In a society that is a constitutional republic, we have the right, maybe even the responsibility, to smile graciously in a civil fashion and say, I like that or I don't like that. We've moved beyond that type of market square of ideas, that type of public debate right now, to the point where if you have a conservative that says, you have my thoughts and prayers, they are immediately ridiculed by the left by saying you don't get to thought, you don't get to give our, your thoughts and prayers, you don't get to thoughts and pray your way out of this one. That's what AOC said. Now here's the logical question on the Bobert story in the Colorado Springs shooting. Is there any evidence whatsoever, is there any shred of evidence whatsoever that the perpetrator of that crime was attributing his actions to Bobert? Give me the evidence, and if there is none, you need to be quiet, period. Go away. And don't tell me that just because I believe in traditional sexual standards, and I believe in the binary distinction between men and women, 
And don't tell me because I believe that it's wrong for our public schools or any other school for that matter to be grooming our children in sexual nihilism. Don't blame me for saying my last two or three sentences for the shootings in Colorado. That's absurd. That's nonsense. That's ridiculous. But that's what we're doing right now. That's what the left is doing. And what happens is people in the conservative corner get intimidated and we go silent. Because we think we're going to be accused of being, um, of, of throwing gas on the fire, of homophobia, and that somehow our words of disagreement with the left, somehow when we spoke out and said, you know, that drag queen party in the park in Bartlesville was wrong, shouldn't have been doing that because it was in a public park, and five-year-olds, six-year-olds, eight-year-olds that may not have even had any intention of being part of that party in the park, they were just riding their bicycle through the park on their way to their friend's house, or they wanted to play catch in the park with their buddy that lived, uh, you know, a couple blocks away in town. And all of a sudden, they've got a drag queen strutting and prancing and preening in front of them in, like I've said before on the show, sequence leotards, knee-high leather boots, fishnet stockings, and exaggerated makeup and wig. Really, this is what we want in our public parks right now. You're going to accuse me of being the gasoline on the fire that led to the shooting in Colorado Springs because I just said that? I'm trying to defend the innocence of children, and now I am guilty of pulling the trigger in this mass, well, mass murder. I guess, I guess you'd call it a mass murder. Several people being killed in a nightclub. There is, this is the quintessential example of the fallacy of non-sequitur, non-sequence. There's no correlation whatsoever between my disagreement with you or anybody else when it comes to sexual standards, sexual nihilism, sexual identity, LGBTQIA, subjective claims about who we are. Rather than defining ourselves by biology, we now define ourselves by our bellies, our guts, our libido, our hungers, our passions, our inclinations. Our identity is nothing more than our inclinations, really. Isn't that an insult to the human being rather than an elevation of who we are, the definition of man and woman, human beings? Aren't we basically dumbing ourselves down to the animal when we say we're defined by our libido rather than the logos, the truth that I would argue as a biblical Christian defined by our Lord rather than our libido? Can't we be transformed rather than accepting the fact that we're transgendered? Can't we be born again, become new creations in Christ, rather than being too easily satisfied that we're simply born that way? Isn't the Christian message, the Christian truth, a message of redemption and elevation of people rather than the degradation uh, of human beings, of the person, of man, woman, and children? And surely, can't we all agree that we should be guarding the innocence of children rather than Exposing kids to this quote-unquote adult conversation when the kid is five, six, seven years of age. Who in their right mind thinks children even want to have this conversation? And what good parent would ever suggest that the child gets to decide who he or she is? My land, as I've said before, if that's the case, then you better start accepting the fact that your child thinks he's a dinosaur or a purple dragon or 
throw in whatever make-believe creature, cartoon character your child thinks he is on a given day when he's doing what children do, enjoying imagination. Adventures in Odyssey used to call it the imagination station. That's a good thing if we encourage the imagination in a healthy, moral, and virtuous way. I'd like children to imagine that they're George Washington, to imagine that they're Benjamin Franklin, to imagine that they're Booker T. Washington or Harriet Tubman, to play, to imagine that they're the hero in the story leading toward the things that are good and right and beautiful and true. That's a good imagination. That's an imagination station. But really, we're going to tear down that innocence and we're going to start pushing these sexually driven ideas on children when they're so young that they don't even understand what's going on and we're going to encourage them to imagine that a man is a woman and a woman is a man. This is crazy talk. And you're going to blame me or Lauren Boebert or anybody else for the shootings in Colorado Springs because I just said what I said. If that's the case, then there's no freedom of thought, no freedom of expression, no freedom at all to think differently, to pursue the truth, and to have a good argument in the public square. If you're going to be a, if you're going to be blamed every time somebody picks up a gun, or a knife, or a brick, or a stone, or drives a car into a crowd and tries to kill people because the perpetrator of the crime is deranged. Period. End of story. And if you want to, if you want to start blaming conservatives for Everything that happens to um, people in a gay nightclub, then you better be prepared for liberals to be blamed every time somebody picks up a gun or a knife or sword and goes after Christians. So if you got if you want to eat your cake and have it too, you better be willing. You better be willing to be measured by the same standard that you're measuring others. This is really the principle that Jesus was speaking about in Matthew that everybody talks about all the time when they say, judge not, lest he be judged. I've said it over and over again on the show. That's not the end of the story. That's not the end of the paragraph. People stop there because they want to shame Christians and conservatives for judging. Jesus said not to judge. No, he didn't. Read the whole paragraph. He said, judge not, lest he be judged. And then he goes on and says, because the same judgment that you use on others will be ventured unto you. The measurement that you use, the measuring rod that you use to judge others will be used to judge you. So be careful what you do. Don't be a hypocrite. That's the message. That's the story in that paragraph. So if the liberals want to start, if the progressives want to start blaming Christians for every act of violence that takes place against LGBTQIA+, the illogical nature of that is going to be turned around on them. And the progressives are going to be blamed, should be blamed, every time some lunatic picks up a sword and tries to cut off a Christian's head. Or drives a car into a crowd outside a church. Or a Republican rally. Or or throws a brick through the window of a Christian family. We can't go here. This stuff makes no sense. So that's the story of Boebert. And then we have the story of Donald Trump. It's the same story, really, because you have people within the Republican Party that are being inconsistent right now. If you really believe in the objective principles that we celebrate within 
the Trump administration's four years, where they gave us, uh, I don't know if gave is the right word here, Trump's policies worked in great measure on several different fronts. The economy was stronger, unemployment was down, uh, minority employment was up at the highest levels uh, in years, if not always. Black, Hispanic employment numbers were great, better than ever. And energy prices were down. We were energy independent for the first time in a long time. We didn't have to rely on our enemies to supply us with fuel. I mean, the economy is a disaster right now. Inflation is crazy. Uh, We're laughed at by our enemies. Our border means nothing. We have 5 million illegal immigrants that have flowed across our border because we don't do anything to enforce our laws. Uh, you, you, You might want to point to gun violence. If you want to argue that gun violence is up, then maybe you ought to enforce the laws that we currently have. You think? Maybe you should just enforce the laws that are on the books right now rather than argue for more. But no, we've got these liberal prosecutors, district attorneys and whatnot, that have achieved office because of the funding of George Soros and others that don't enforce the laws. They just release criminals. They don't punish anybody anymore. And then they turn around and blame conservatives when these people that they've released onto the streets turn around and go into a club and shoot people. It's nonsense. So in many ways, Donald Trump's policies, his administration's policies, are things that conservatives are grateful for. But we also need to remember, and I think we should have this debate right now, Donald Trump elevated and enabled Anthony Fauci. It's true, he did. The first year of COVID, Donald Trump is standing right there with Fauci. Could have done differently. He had a brain surgeon on his cabinet, my land. Why not give Ben Carson some responsibility for vetting this material and this information for the American people rather than giving Anthony Fauci carte blanche authority? And why appoint Mike Pence to be the czar over this entire response team rather than Ben Carson? I mean, can't I ask those questions without being accused of being a never-Trumper? And what about masking? And what about vaccinations? What about shutting down the economy? And what about... The list could go on. All of that started under Donald Trump. Now, did Joe Biden and his administration make it any better? No. (laughs) No, they did not. But the first reaction was under the Trump administration, and you cannot ignore that. So you have to have an honest conversation as to what's going on, the good and the bad with regard to Donald Trump. And I think a robust competitive primary would be good for that. Because why? We should be pursuing the truth rather than suffering the devastating consequences of abandoning it. We shouldn't protect personalities. We should pursue the truth. Guard our principles, those truths that we hold to be self-evident, that are endowed to us by our Creator. So there's a common thread there, I think, and that is that we should be willing to debate things. We shouldn't be pointing the finger of accusation through these ad hominem attacks where we shoot the messenger and don't listen to the message or these non sequitur arguments where we blame people for stuff that they have nothing to do with. Nothing to do with. And we don't hold ourselves to the same standard when it comes to criticism. We, we don't heed Jesus' words where he says, judge not lest he be judged because by the same standard that you judge, you will be judged too. Stop being hypocrites. That's the message there. So you have this story of Boebert and the Colorado Springs shootings. You have this story of the current debate and the Civil War. 
that's imminent within the Republican Party. Both of these stories are stories of shutting down dissent, shutting down differing opinions. You have Bill Maher, Bill Maher going on his show and admitting that the ivory tower is greatly responsible for the dysfunction that we currently have within the liberal camp. Bill Maher is saying that. I agree with him. That, that sound you're hearing right now is the sound of ice crackling as hell freezes over. Ever Piper and Bill Maher agree on this issue. Groupthink is not good. Now, where I disagree with Bill Maher is when he turns around and says that the conservatives are more guilty of this than, than liberals, than progressives. I disagree with that. But you know what? If Bill Maher really believes it, that we should be having discussions robustly, aggressive debates that are civil, yes, but, but very pointed, then that's a good thing because he and I can disagree without calling each other names. That's the value of having truth as the measuring rod outside of those things being measured. That's the beauty of the conservative movement, conserving truth rather than protecting opinions and feelings. That's what we should be doing and that's what we should be celebrating. Because in the end, the truth will set us free. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.